0: From reviews to rankings, the big picture is all things movies. From in-depth analysis of the latest flick to sit-down interviews with some of the biggest movie stars and filmmakers on the planet, Sean Fennessy and Amanda Dobbins have got you covered. Check out The Big Picture on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
1: This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello
0: Welcome to an emergency Saturday morning jam session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. I mean, Prince Harry did 17 minutes with James Corden. Of course, we're doing a podcast. Amanda, how are you feeling with this out in the world?
2: I can't wait to talk to you about it. I definitely heard from a lot of people in my life about this. I mean, I heard from you because this is one of our shared interests and because, you know, we have a a friendship built on texting each other about this stuff. (laughs) as well as a working relationship,
0: but people who don't really care that much texted me. And I was like, Oh, okay. So this was a thing. Totally. Um, it's the number one trending at time of recording. It's the number one trending video on YouTube, which I think is like honestly incredibly significant. It had racked up two and a half million views. When I went for my second viewing about, um, like 16 hours after release, it's dominating the celebrity online media sphere. And it's like a candid look into a royal that I'm, I can't really think of a true comp for. Um, partially because of the length of this video. When I saw it was 17 minutes, I was genuinely blown away. It is a
2: long time. I will say we had seen photographs, like paparazzi photographs mm-hmm. of this. And I believe it was filmed like maybe a month ago. And you wisely were like, eh, we don't need to talk about it. I'll we'll talk about it when it comes out. Right. But we did know that it was happening. And there are two things to note about that. One, when it was happening, we thought it was carpool karaoke, because Mm -hmm. that's what James Corden does when filming and like moving vehicles in Los Angeles with famous people. Um, And it turned out that it was not, which having heard Prince Harry sort of rap a little bit, I think that's for the best
0: for everyone involved. But can we just pause there for one second? Sure, sure. I really, really enjoyed that Harry was like, no Land Rover. Because as we all know, the Land Rover is the official car of the British Royal Family. Um, so that was like very funny to
2: me. Well, well, I thought it was also because James Corden usually does car yes. karaoke in a Land Rover. It is. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. It is.
0: But it was just like, it just was like a kind of like a Britishism. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I enjoyed that because so many of the photos of the British Royal Family in London are them driving around in Land Rovers. Right. I thought. The other notable thing is that I do
2: believe this was filmed before the official announcement that Harry and Meghan were stepping back from the royal family, or maybe Mm -hmm. not stepping back. We're going to parse some of the language in this video, but that they would no longer be part of the official whatever, the Queen statement, and then their somewhat salty response. Right. So this was filmed before, and I do think kind of the tone and some of the the, the strategies and the the shared statements... uh, are really fascinating in that context. And, but I think the timeline is really important to understanding them.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Harry did say, we're, we'll definitely come back and parse this, that they are stepping back. They were never going to be stepping down and um, we'll come back to it. I, yeah, I'm just kind of curious, like, how are you feeling about Harry on a scale of one to 10 today versus how you were feeling about him yesterday? Certainly better.
2: I want to address something that you said, like, two minutes ago, which is that this is a candid look at Prince Harry. Mm. And I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't think this is candid at all. I don't think that that matters, but I think that almost every single part of this, including some of the jokes that he made and also his statements about the royal family, his feelings on the crown, like, Archie, was all carefully considered. And in some cases... AKA the
0: jokes written for him.
2: I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. But that was my response.
0: Um, it's funny. I like my, most of my questions are related to like, what was the negotiation for brokering this? Like, like what kind mm-hmm. of things did they talk about before? What were like the must haves? What not? Um, I think that like one thing that probably really works in James Corden's favor for this and for Carpool Karaoke is that like, for 17 minutes of Prince Harry, they must have shot for like what, 8 hours minimum. I mean, maybe it was across a couple of days also because I was like trying to track the angle of the sun and I was wondering, <laughs> I was wondering if the um the uh military relay course that they did was done on a different day because not only cuz of the clothing change and the being dirty, but like just this again, like the the light didn't really match up. And so yeah it seemed like they probably did a couple days shoots, but I do think that there's probably because James Corden is good at his job, probably a scent, a false sense of like comfort that you get when you're like an hour four and kind of bored and tired. And so I do think like even there were lines that had to be hit. There were probably like a few moments that he was just more comfortable partially because he knows James Corden, but also because like he just forced to do it for a long time. <laughs> Amanda, you've been on a long shoot. You know how how it goes. Yeah, absolutely.
2: And there are moments like when the tea tray, like the bus stops and the tea tray falls over and it crashes and they're all laughing and you can tell that that was like not supposed to happen. And that's like an unscripted moment and he's comfortable and they're laughing. And that comes because, as you said, they've been together a long time, but also like the James Corden show knows how to do this. And so they set up the bits and they know how to make him feel comfortable. And so when I said that it, like, it wasn't candid, I don't mean to say that I don't think it was um, remarkable. It, like you said, we got a tremendous amount of time relatively with Prince Harry. And I do think that you get a real sense of him. I just
0: do think that there was a lot of thought and strategy put yeah. into all of this. The headlines were intended to be headlines, like what, what's coming out of this. So without further ado, let's get into our five takeaways from... Okay. Prince Harry, and James Corden's tour of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, And the first one is not going to be definitive because I think we have slightly different opinions, but let's talk about what this says about Queen Elizabeth. Amanda, what do you think it says about Queen Elizabeth? I think this actual piece of video and everything
2: represented in it, it says nothing as a primary source <laughs> about her, to be quite honest. And I like I say that because... She is 94 years old, okay? And putting everything else aside about what's going on with them, and with all respect to Queen Elizabeth and to 94-year-olds of, of all ages, I just, like, I don't really think she's plugged in on what's going on with a um, with okay. a, a, a James Court thing. But...
0: What does it say about the crown, though, you know? Y- you mean, like, royalty? The bu- I mean, like, Buckingham Palace. Yeah. Ex- her extended fiefdom. Her so press office.
2: I took this as something that they did independently. And I think it's interesting, or I think it's important to point out James Corden's show is on CBS. Meghan Markle's interview with Oprah will also be on CBS. This is very clearly coordinated. And they won their case. They're starting their new life. A year later, like, they've decided that this is what Harry will do and this is what Meghan will do and this is how they'll reintroduce themselves. So, I like, you. I think that strategy is overshadowing both of these things. And so I took Harry's strategies here, and I think you can see it in the answers. It's like, he's trying to send signals back of, like, this is still my family. I love them. I'm still in contact with them. They're still in contact with me. Like, the queen sent a waffle maker. And even the waffle maker story, you note, the queen asked, what does Archie want? Meg said, a waffle maker. A waffle maker arrived, right? The point there being that there's also a relationship between, between the queen and Meghan. He says... As a royal, like several times in mm-hmm. this several. video, which is him trying to associate like this is still my family, I'm still connecting to them, as you noted, like that big central answer of like i didn't walk away. we're not stepping down, we're just stepping back. so I read this as like Harry really trying to like publicly align himself is like, this is still my family. I still like want to be a part of this, and to do some of the work of my grandmother and I are doing really well. And I don't mm-hmm. want you to think that I hate her and she loves me and she's still my grandmother. But I do think most of the image making is like from Harry.
0: Sure. I just think that there probably had to have been not, I mean, who knows with these two, but I just think that there must've been some kind of consent or assent that, the queen and Prince Philip could be mentioned because queen and Prince Philip are mentioned, not a nary reference from Harry to his father, his stepmother, his brother, or his sister-in-law literally zero. So I feel like this might've been a little bit brokered and it's like, you may talk about two people and two people only, and not even use their names because he doesn't even say the queen. He says, he doesn't even say my nan, my, my grand. That's what British people say. He says, my grandmother, my grandfather. And I just thought it was like so noticeable that he only talks about them. And especially because he's also been, it's like been noted that he's going back for their birthdays, that like he's like, that is the relationship that's like allowed to be discussed in none of the other ones. That's totally possible. And I think you're right. Like the specificity of it being those two people,
2: no one else. Even it's, it's even intentional. He, yeah. He blanked James Corden when he brought up casting of Prince William. for the crown. Right. Although that, I was like very That's clearly clear. his yeah. response was like a line that they wrote for him. And he like, didn't have the comedic timing get da- timing down, which is fine because it's, he's not a comedian nor am I, you know, sometimes it's hard when someone feeds you a line,
0: but that was how I read that. I thought he landed that one line really well of like, it's ca- it's casting. It's not good casting, right. but it's casting. And, and maybe it's like the editing just didn't
2: really get there, but you could see that someone had told them what to say. So I agree with you that it's deliberate. And I think also the timeline, again, this is before the latest falling out, right? Um, between like the palace funkies and Meghan and Harry's PR. So it's totally, it's totally possible. And you're right that most people know not to bring up the, the queen or Prince Philip, um, with, they know it's a no-no. You're, they know they're not supposed to trade on it. On the other hand, like Harry and Meghan kind of been trading on it for the the past <laughs> year. And the thing that you always read about all of the royals and especially their flunkies and their, com- their press offices is like how separated and competing they all are. And yeah. so there's not as much coordination as you would think or like as we as, you know, people who follow the media and expect, you know major corporations and trained publicity p- officials to know how to do, they, like, aren't often doing that in the palace, which is the only reason I think it could have just been Harry doing it.
0: Sure. That's interesting. I just thought there was something so specific about the anecdotes that were shared. Like, mm-hmm. the Zoom thing, it's like we know Queen Elizabeth, I mean, James Corden asked, does does the Queen know how to do Zoom or whatever? And we all know that she does because we've seen it. You know, she's been she's been doing sure. that. So it's like not really a good question. No offense, James Corden. I did a great job. Um, so of, of course, and like, of course, I am sure that the questions about his family were pre-screened. I mean, I, as you said, all, all these questions were pre-screened. I, the way that
2: James Corden delivers. How do you feel about the crown? Yeah, it's like I think James Corden's incredibly talented and I think this show is like a testament to it. And I. That was the most unnatural thing that I've ever seen him do.
0: And also the amazing... Thank you for... We've all been wondering. And this takes us to number two. Our number two takeaway about this video. New PR teams definitely got involved. And this is something that Amanda's been asking for for about 14 months.
2: So I don't know about that. Let's talk about the publicity teams involved. Because my thing... And let me just be super clear right now. I know nothing except what I saw in this YouTube video. I'm just guessing... But I really believe that Netflix was involved in crafting oh. his crown answer. And that was like the first thing that jumped out to me. And I was like, wow, this is pretty deft. There is definitely someone else writing these. And for my money, it's probably the Netflix team who make the crown and also are paying Harry and Megan for saying. like a huge, huge producing deal. And so who have like a real incentive to smooth it out for them. But...
0: I like, can I Incredible just a win? It? Incredible win for Netflix. Also when the answer to what do you do all day and what do you do at night is watch, watch Jeopardy and Netflix. I mean,
2: what yeah, a I win. I know <laughs> it's, I, the, the Netflix, when he said it was amazing, but wait, can we go back to his crown answer for a yeah, second? Oh, of,
0: course, of course we need to parse okay, it. Okay. I transcribed
2: it. I'm just going to read it even though, you know, maybe we could just play it instead, but it gives you a rough idea of what that lifestyle what the pressures of putting duty and service above family and everything else, what can come from that? That's like an extremely loaded thing to be saying about The Crown as it relates to his own life. I mean, oh it's my God. very, very smart. And, you know, th- he goes on to say, I'm way more comfortable with The Crown than I am seeing the stories written about my family or my wife or myself. That, to The Crown, is obviously fiction. Take it how you will.
0: I, I-, I have to say my response to that was like the British Royal family cannot be happy that he is saying he likes the crown in any way. I mean, this is also coming off of the season that details his mother's um, bulimia and her unhappiness makes his father seem kind of like a monster, but with nuance because Josh O'Connor is a freaking God. I hope he wins a golden globe. Um, Did he get nominated? Yeah, he did. And you know, it's a pretty like textured portrayal of, the waffle maker sender, his grandmother. So that's like pr- coming off of this season in particular is pretty wild. And I I mean, I was just shocked that he acknowledged the show. I mean, I guess you have to when you're in business with the Netflix.
2: I can't believe this didn't come with a hashtag ad at the end of it, Juliet. Like we're <laughs> violating some consumer laws. Yeah, because if I were a family member, I'm going to be really honest because we talked about you know, this season of the crown and kind of the in the hubbub, the UK, should there be a fiction disclaimer, all of it, and people need to like people are grown-ups. So I agree with Prince Harry of like that's obviously fiction. It is fiction. We all have to know that, but we do all also know that it's based on real life and that everyone watches it as it's based on real life. And when it's your own parents and your own family, and you're like, no, it's cool, it's fine. I don't, I don't know if the logic completely holds up if they actually make it to season seven or whatever, whatever, when Daniel Lewis, AKA Damien <laughs> Lewis, that was an incredible moment. Do you think he knows who Damien Lewis is? I no, do not No, But although I think he would like Homeland, I feel like it's like a simple show that he would like. <laughs> I agree with that. But if they make it to the part where he is actually being portrayed, I, I really don't think that he will, he would like it. Um, no, but me neither. But I, they hit all of the emotional notes in the statement correctly. So you're aligned with the crown as, spo- as opposed to the invasive tabloids. And like Netflix is giving some measure of protection or whatever. And Netflix is also paying them a tremendous amount of money.
0: Yeah. I, I thought he also used that segment to take as much responsibility and blame as he could for this whole situation away mm-hmm. from Megan. Because he yes. kept reinforcing like, I live a life of service, Megan. He said, Meg signed up for that. And wherever I live, my life will be about public service. And he kept like reinforcing that. I have to say, you know, to the point about this is, was all completely pre-screened and, you know, very much arranged. I don't want to say staged, but like arranged, there was a, there was a visible discomfort, not so much in Harry, but in James Corden, he just seemed stiffer when he was like doing this kind of, serious interview versus the kind of like comedic hijinks that a lot of these skits lend themselves to. Whereas I've actually thought that Harry and a, f- well, he also seemed like physically stiffer because they were like seated facing each other. It was their bus was moving. They were trying to like do this interview. I thought he seemed almost like relieved to be, d- to be delivering some of these lines, like being able to say the agreed upon language to a friendly audience that's like rebuking his enemy, the press. He seemed like he was enjoying himself in like a kind of subtle way.
2: Yes, two things there. Number one, I do think that situation in which he has his talking points and he knows what he's going to say is more familiar and comfortable to him. That's how he has been a public figure. Whereas totally. James Corden is not like a sixty minutes anchor, and he is you know <laughs> used to. And I. I I think James Gordon is very talented. He just does a different thing. And so some of that is just kind of like are people in the roles they're familiar with. I do also think that like Harry and Meghan clearly want their side of the story heard. Mm -hmm. And there are many different reasons for that. And I think, you know, we think some are cynical and some are really, you know, relatable and some are completely unrelatable just because no one will be ever be as famous as the two of them. But to be able to talk about your family and your relationship, with your family, after having not been there for a year, I get it. Um, and I think maybe you're seeing there at least a little bit of, maybe not relief,
0: but it's clearly what he's been wanting to communicate. Yes. I I think that, I think that's right. Um, it was just very, it was just, this is also fascinating. I found it honestly riveting. I was like, Eight, I was like eight minutes in. And I was like, wow, it's already been eight minutes. I'm having a great time. <laughs> um, it it's well-paced. It they do well the bits paced. first,
2: then they do the serious section, and then they do the, you know, weird physical triumph, um, which was pretty funny.
0: This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
1: This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com.
2: On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX
1: and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. Stun my village. I know where they're taking your clan.
2: Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May ten. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG thirteen. Some material may be inappropriate for children under thirteen.
0: And that brings us to takeaway number three: mm-hmm. the James Corden, James Corden, and his writers—they know what they're doing, and they know how to nail a redemption story. Yeah. Um, I remember when Justin Bieber did his second carpool karaoke it has been like six or seven years ago. And it was sort of when he was in the throes of like his kind of delinquent phase of like, I don't know, just like egging, like having a like house party somewhere. Yeah. Like having like house parties and like people like really didn't like him. And I remember watching him on carpool karaoke the second time. And I was like, James Gordon just really makes people likable. Like he, that's kind of like what you want in a host. And I remember they just kind of like nailed that. And I, it's funny seeing that kind of happen again. Yes. I thought that he was
2: finally in good hands, like good publicity hands. And I didn't take it as much to be like a new public, like personal publicist team, as in he was in the James Corden universe and they knew what to do and they knew how to make him comfortable and they knew how to make him shine and really just kind of present what people want from Harry, which is like a little bit of fun, some like Fresh Prince jokes, and then like three minutes of, fairly direct, uh, if staged, conversation about where he is in his life. And then, like, they do a a weird obstacle course. Yeah. But it keeps you going. It keeps you engaged. It, like, brings out the best in Harry, who I think has always been, like, quote, the fun royal. But (laughs) I'm going to be honest. Like, not... A stand-up comedian, not a theater actor. You know, it is hard to be a performer and to be on screen, and that's not a skill set that everyone has. People have many different skill sets, but they find ways to
0: make him be someone you want to watch for seventeen minutes, which is not easy. Yeah, it's really not. Uh, A kind of like interesting twenty twenty one subplot is Kelly Clarkson taking the Ellen spot of landing some of the most important interviews. She just got Jill Biden and. As Jam Session listeners might know, I'm a, a big Kelly Clarkson show fan of, on YouTube. And I just noticed, that like, the caliber of guests has shot up lately. She got Khloe Kardashian recently. Um, and I think also, like, James Corden being put in this position to do, like, the funny bits. Like, I, you know, he obviously has had pretty good star pull for a while now. But I think this is, like, really high profile. Um, and it's sort of a new era. It's interesting to me. I think the comparison
2: between Harry doing Corden and Megan doing Oprah is really interesting. And, you know, obviously Megan shows up on this on FaceTime. I think she was ready for the FaceTime. Let me just say I would want let me just say I would want to be too. And she looked fantastic. And, you know, even there we learned that she calls Harry has, which if you remember in the the TV special, I guess that was like a year and a half ago now, though it seems like eight years ago when she introduced that her nickname to Harry was H. So this is apparently their new thing. It's just like introducing a new nickname every single time as a way of making us feel intimate. It's fine. Like that's it's
0: has is really British. I mean, you know, in Bridget Jones, Sharon is Shaz or Yes. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um I think that adding the like a a short Z name is like a really big British yeah. Britishism. So that was that seemed more real to me than H, although Harry Styles calls himself H.
2: It's not that I don't think it's real. I just think it's like there's a pattern of what they want to share and what they don't want to share, which honestly is the mark of kind of a a good established celebrity. The people who are like comfortable and who can survive under this very harsh spotlight have figured out like, here are the stories I will tell. Here are the stories I won't tell. Like, here's how I'm what I'm comfortable sharing. Here's what I'm not comfortable sharing. So good for them. I, I just brought it up to say like this was definitely a cameo experience for her. And we have been led to believe that the Oprah interview will be a flip and that it will be primarily Megan being interviewed and then Harry will show up at the end. Um, I imagine the tone will be different. I don't know that Oprah will be doing like a tour bus through L.A. Not typically what she likes to do, though. Oprah likes to have fun. Let's not. Absolutely you absolutely you get a car you get a tour bus you get a tour bus (laughs) i mean just like the harvest days and like oprah's instagram she's having a great time she's you
0: know which she's loved to be be love to be oprah oprah and gail's friendship is still one of the purest things we have in this world i mean i i still love it so you know great great stuff um next number four prince Mm -hmm. harry (laughs) much more athletic than I was expecting. (laughs) (laughs) This is... I definitely texted
2: you when he did the rope climb. And I was like, wow, this is genuinely impressive. And then I just had to be like, you know, people who can afford full-time trainers, which is clearly what's going on here. I mean, he has like he obviously has a military background that is really important to him. And that's how the segment is introduced. Like they, that's I guess like the quote reason they're doing that, that, and also it's like funny to make James Gordon do an obstacle course, I guess he leans into it. So, but he's just in really good shape. And I was just like, I think about how much time it must require to be able to like do that rope climb just by yourself, you know, after a year in quarantine.
0: Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. It just seemed like, uh, i was wondering like if he specifically practiced for that like did they tell him what all of the all of the steps would be and everything he did look really
2: comfortable in he all did. of them he even did. the the mud thing i thought it spoke well of him i did also find like the way that he kind of kept like encouraging james gordon which james gordon turned into a joke of being like you don't have to talk to me like i'm a dog or archie like trying to go to sleep but he was speaking to james gordon like a small child you know?
0: Oh, absolutely.
2: (laughs) I would have, I would have been so irritated if that was, if that is how someone speaks to me during a workout, I quit the workout
0: or any, really anything else that I'm trying to do. Um, (laughs) I, one thing I was, was thinking is like, Am I annoyed that I'm being conned into liking Prince Harry? Should I hold steadfast and being like, well, he's got some incidents in his past and I don't know about this guy because I I like I'm like, this guy is fun. I'm back in. And then I was thinking about some of his transgressions in the past. And I was just sort of thinking, like, am I annoyed that I like Prince Harry today? I don't know. I I don't know the answer. I was a tiny bit annoyed before I actually watched the video that I was like,
2: oh, now I got to do this again. And it turned out I really enjoyed it. And then I wasn't annoyed anymore. And so we can talk about whether that's the way to talk about the royals because Prince Harry and Meghan and also the queen, the whole thing, like it is a completely anachronistic, and best case institution that, uh, you know, is the remnant of a colonialist worldview and just takes pe- people's money for no reason. I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. And, and- also like
0: <laughs> Harry himself, I feel like I like, I'd like someone to ask him about the public mistakes he's made like pre Megan, you know, like, like, you know, dressing up as a Nazi and like things like that. Like, I'm just like, I'd like to, because, because I don't, I don't, you know, this has obviously come up a lot in the, recent times, particularly like Chris Harrison on the bachelor. I just like, I don't think that like Harry needs to be like banished or like, we need to like hate him, but I'd like someone to ask him about that. I'm just like, how have you, you know, what have you learned in the last 10 years or whatever? What is, and I think they've touched on it sometimes, but I do wish like in some of these brokered conversations, there was the ability to like reflect on who he was pre Megan. Cause that actually like, doesn't come up. It's sort of like life for Harry. Like there's like a dark period between the funeral of his mother and like him meeting Prince, uh, him meeting Meghan Markle and like going public, which is sort of like weird.
2: And it just also speaks to we're being asked to pay attention to these people, but only on very specific terms. And that's a tricky thing, right? Because there's no doubt that the amount of attention that was placed on them was, like, corrosive and just unlivable. And, and you know, Harry talks about, I just had to get out for my own mental health. That's, like, that's the clearest mm-hmm. articulation yet of why they left. And it's extremely hard to argue with on its own. I mean, I, you know, we've all been reexamining, once again, all the media stuff after the Britney documentary. But, you know, it's a part of the same thing that just that level of fame and intrusion is very difficult. Then you look at the death of his mother. Like, yes, that all makes sense. So they don't want to be a part of that level of attention. I think that's great. It is very clear also that they do want a certain amount of attention as evidenced by their Netflix deals and their podcast deals. And they're doing James Corden and they're doing Oprah and they're embarking on a new public life. And I think everyone should get to set the terms of their public life. And in fact, like I think that's really important as you and I continue to be fascinated in celebrities and also just like in human terms, like people deserve to have boundaries. People deserve to say, this is okay for me and this is not. But when you become really aware of what they're willing to say and what they're not willing to like, when they're asking for your investment, And then aren't giving everything. And you can see really obvious blank spots, including accountability or like history for things that that matter and affect their current work and how they're asking you to invest in them now. It raises some questions.
0: Yeah. And and that's just sort of like this is like a very fun stunt and definitely like a great 17-minute watch. But then was it and then you know I started thinking about it more and it's just so much more complicated than just sort of like turning the page or like history begins in 2017, whatever year it is. And I just think it's like, it's sort of funny because of this, you know, also bringing up the crown, such a long view of the life of queen Elizabeth and like what's transpired under her reign. Um, but in some ways, like there's just so many blind spots. And the other thing is like, also like give Harry, it, hopefully he's changed. I I think he might have, I don't, I don't know for sure, but like also give him the chance to like, Prove that I don't know. It's just sort of interesting. Um, and, and obviously as we've been discussing for the last, however many minutes, that's like, all this is sort of like brokered in advance. And this is what they decided to talk about. I hope that they become truly more candid as they move forward. But in the meantime, takeaway number five, I just heard done has, which is, as you said, what she called, what she, what Megan calls Harry apparently. And, um, were there any other like anecdotes from their home life that, that you were just sort of like, huh? For one reason or another,
2: I've liked the image of Prince Philip just shutting the computer instead of Seems so on brand. I'm going to be honest. Are we asking 99 year olds to like turn on their own Zoom? I-, I think it's good to promote computer literacy. I think understanding technology is how you stay connected with the world to an extent. But my man is about to turn 100. And, you know, I, like there are things that speaking of by the way people who just have not
0: addressed certain aspects of their past and i just oh, I, but I, I i've written philip off he's an asshole i know that about him sure i have no right. doubts and i have no interest in in finding out otherwise right I, like he is 99 he's turning 100 if like there will presumably
2: be birthday celebrations for him so once again it's this interesting thing of like how are we all going to partake in royal family content and i think like a lot of a lot of the coverage will just be, well, he's hundred. hundred. Um, and then I think a lot of people will all, um, you know, reflect on how he represents a, a certain and hopefully different era of basically everything. But regardless, I don't really expect him to click the leave Zoom button. Like I basically forget to all the time. It's really hard to find. I So I I thought that was funny. I, that had like a real ring of truth
0: to it. For Totally, me. totally. It's just funny to think about. Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip sitting down at a computer. I would have sworn they were like phone people, but who knows? I noticed that Harry's phone was does not have the three lens camera, and I was surprised surprised by that. Oh, um, interesting. It was just the uh, maybe just he has an iPhone ten, not an eleven. Who knows? Okay. Um, but uh, yeah. I mean, what did it? What a drop from Team Corden. One final question: mm. Do you think he actually watched Fresh Prince of Bel Air? probably a few episodes. Okay. Seems like I something just, that was probably transferred across the pond. He didn't seem to know the words. It definitely seemed like he had done some rehearsal
2: like a day before. And maybe that's what he could remember. I I just don't really think of like nineties sitcoms as being exported in the same way. Like I, you know, I don't really feel like British people know about saved by the bell, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they do. I
0: think Fresh Prince was different though because it was on a prime time. Where Saved by the Bell was like a Saturday yeah, show. Yeah, I guess that's
2: a good point. I, I guess I just watched them all in the afternoon because that's when I was allowed to. But you right. make
0: a good point. Um, also, like Will Smith is just so I, the, one of the most important yeah. movie stars. Yeah, and, and as as we've discussed at yeah. length. Number one fan over here. Yeah, seriously. And also I I could see them um, knowing Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. I was was about to say, do you think they watch Red Table Talk? Maybe. I could see Megan be like, I'd like to do my own Red Table Talk. And you know what? I'd watch. So. I would too. But wow. That would be. (laughs) Bring your royal family to the table. It's an amazing, (laughs)
2: amazing story. When you really reflect upon it, it was like, I guess, three years ago. They had the whole giant wedding, and you got up at two a.m. Sure did, and all of the really, you know, stodgy British stuff. And now they're just like some of the biggest people in Hollywood. It happens so fast. The future is so fast, Juliet. Really.
0: The future is now. You know. I know. I also just, I have so many questions about their commuting between Montecito and LA. I just Mm -hmm. like, obviously they've got a flop house. That's probably much nicer than a flop house (laughs) somewhere in Los Angeles. And I was just like wondering where, where they stay when they go to LA. Maybe it's her mom's. I don't, I don't know, but it's not that close. I mean, certainly he could be driven back and forth, but like, if you've got a two day shoot, are you commuting from Montecito? I heard traffic's back in LA. So I don't know who's to say. It is, it is a little bit back. Even the route that they were taking, it was
2: pretty clear. They were just staying to the West side. It seemed like they were going like across on sunset down back on Wilshire up, Mm -hmm. across on sunset on that four Oh five bridge, which I've been on many times. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Very pretty
0: over there. The Bel Air side of it's very pretty over there. Yes. And so is the, so is the Palisade side, but I prefer her Brentwood, I guess. But anyway, um, well, This has just been riveting. I'm sure one thing that I want to do, Amanda, is we need Mm -hmm. to find like a a British person in LA to give us their take on this because, right? I think it's a small community. It is a small community, and I just want to know how the British people are receiving this. So we will follow up. We will do (laughs) journalism. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend.